So if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead this morning and, and flip to the book of, of Matthew. Go ahead and flip to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Um, again, if you have your Bibles with you, that's awesome. I hope that maybe like a, a good New Year's resolution for you or a, a New Year's kind of a goal for you would be, um, hey, I want to I wanna bring my Bible um, every Sunday and I want to write notes in it and I want like so that at the end of the year you could like flip back through like at the end of 2019 you could flip back through and just be like man God what did you teach me this year and you can just look at your notes and you can look at the things that you highlighted or underlined or circled or um, or wrote things like next to certain words or or just little lessons that you feel like the Holy Spirit is is teaching um, and so I would love for that to be something that happens. And I want to encourage all of you to bring, like, a real physical Bible. Um, I see a ton of them, like, around the room, and that makes my heart super happy. I know it's totally fine if you use your phone. Um, but at the same time, I want to encourage you guys, like, I say it all the time. If you're on your phone, even if you're paying attention, like, somebody who's not here or whatever, like, they could send you a text or, like, a game invite or something, like, whatever. You get an Instagram notification, and all of a sudden your brain is just, like, totally in, a, in another place because you're thinking about that. And, and I, want, I want us to hone in because, again, this is God's word. And what, what he has to say to us um, whenever we dig into this every time is important. And so I'm excited to jump into this with you. But, again, we are, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 4. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us some context starting in verse 12. But before I even read that, um, I want to tell you guys a, a quick story. So whenever I was growing up... Um, how many of you have, like, how many of you have cousins? That should be most of us, all right? So growing up, um, growing up, whether it was my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family, it didn't matter which one it was, but we had cousins that were older than we were. Um, on both sides of the family, me and my brother are both, like, two of the younger or youngest cousins. Um, like, whenever we go to family get-togethers or whatever, on my dad's side of the family, they're, like, 12 and 15 years older than I am. Like my, I was like 15 and my oldest, next oldest cousin was like almost 30 already. And I'm just like, hey, we can relate kind of, not really. Nope. All right. Well, I'm going to hang out in the back room and play video games. So, um, and then on the other side, usually like that's a little bit better on my mom's side, but I just remember like on both sides of the family, the oldest cousin was like, we thought they were the coolest thing in the entire world. Do you guys have, like, do you guys have a cool cousin? Or, like, are you the cool cousin? Because you're like, it's totally me. Like, yeah, I'm the cool cousin. I envy you. I wish, I wish so bad that I was the, I wish that I was the cool cousin. But typically, I feel like the cool cousin is, like, the oldest one. And I had no control over that. So I had, I had an older cousin. I had an older cousin. Hey, guys, listen up. Um, I had an older cousin, and his name was Nathan. And whenever I was a kid, like, I thought that everything that he did was amazing. Like, I thought it was so cool. He was the first one, like, on, on the side of the family that we hung out with the most, like, that got his license. And whenever he would, like, I was like, he can drive. Like, that's crazy. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the whole world. I was only, like, I was, like, eight or nine, and he could drive, and I thought it was nuts. And like, you were allowed to just get in a car and go somewhere. And he had all his cool high school friends that could also drive. And anytime that we'd visit, I would, like, go to church, 
and I would just want to, like, they'd be like, hey, do you want to go in, like, the classroom for the eight and nine-year-olds? I'm like, no, I want to go with Nathan to the high school room. <laughs> and they let me for some reason. I don't know why. So I was like this eight-year-old kid, like, sitting in the high school room, like, next to my cousin, and everybody in the room probably thought, they were like, what is going on? And Nathan was probably extremely embarrassed. I probably was very embarrassing to him. Um, for those of you that have younger siblings or cousins that like, want to hang out with you, and you're just like, not now. Like, I'm with my friends. Get away from me. They're like clinging to your leg, and you're just like, you get, like use a spatula to like rip them off of your body. You're like, get away. You're making me look that cool, man. And so I wanted to hang out with it all the time. And I remember, I remember... Finally, I was like, I think I was 11, and he, he had just turned like 17 or 18, and uh, I think he was 18 at the time, and he and his buddies were going to go to like this baseball game in Detroit that was like an hour away, and he invited me to come with him. Now, I don't know if he was, like looking back, I'm like, I feel like his mom like probably like was like, you're going to take your younger cousin and you're going to like it, but in that moment, whenever he, like I remember where I was sitting in my grandparents' house whenever they were all hanging out, and he was like, hey, Adam, um, me and Tom and my other friend, like, we're going to go to the Tigers game later, like, and we have an extra ticket. Do you want to come with us? Like, I was just like, like, like there was, you know, have you seen a rocket ship, like, as it gets ready to take off? It's like, and then it goes. Like, that was me, my reaction. It was like, yes, I want to come. Like, I was so excited, and it was amazing, and I remember, like, and it was the simple act of, like, he invited me to come along with him, and I thought it was amazing, like, that I got to go to a baseball game with my oldest cousin. It was, it was nuts. I was just like, this is the best day of my life. This is so much fun. I love this. Um, and, and I remember going, and it, we had a great time, and they lost, and whatever, but, like, just the fact that I got invited to come along was huge. I want to know... Think, think about your life and think about maybe a time that maybe a cousin or a sibling, maybe even a friend or somebody has invited you to come along with them somewhere. And it was just like, I can't believe that I get to go with them to this. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, I feel like special and important. And it's just like, it's awesome. And so there are moments, I think, in our lives where like, we are the ones being asked where it's like, hey, come with me to this thing or come, come along with me to this. And you're just like, this is mind-blowing. Like, this is life-changing. I get to go with you to that? Yes, I am in. This is awesome. All right? And then think about maybe, maybe for you, especially if you're the cool cousin, how you have, you, maybe you've done that. Maybe you didn't even know. You're just like, my mom's forcing me to ask my cousin to come with me. But like, you were like, hey, do you want to come to the movies with me and my friends? And they were just like, yeah! And they freaked out. And they, they now think that you are the most amazing person in the whole wide world. Like, they think that you are the coolest kid of all time. All right? I want to talk about that this morning, but then through the lens of Scripture, because Jesus, in, na- in following with the, with, the, with the name of our new series, it's called Be a Bringer. Be a Bringer. Right? What does it look like, it says? Be a Bringer. Be a Bridger. It's not even a word. Sorry. It's the monkey's fault, all right? It's not my fault. It's the monkey's. Um, it's the monkey's. They're a barrel of monkeys. Anyways, aside from that, done. 
Okay. Aside from that, um, we're going to be talking through over the next three weeks what it looks like to be a bringer um, in a couple of ways. Because I want to encourage you, like by the time that we're done with this series, I want you to leave this place, whether it's this Sunday, next Sunday, or the Sunday after, going, yes, I can be a bringer. I can be somebody who invites and brings people along with me regardless of what I'm talking, like what situation I'm talking about. And so we're going to be in Matthew 4, um, and I'm going to start in verse 12. The verses that are up on the screen um, are only, um, I believe, 18 through uh, 20, 18 through 20 or 21. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, I'm going to back up a little bit so that we have a little bit of context. So this is, this is Jesus now, verse, verse 12. Now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that, when, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so then it continues on here in this, in this way. It says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once... They left their nets and followed him. And I know that we, we've talked through this verse a little bit a couple months ago. But this is just such a great way to look at the beginning of this series, I believe. Because we're talking about being a bringer. And we say, what does that mean? All right, well, let's look at what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is, he has started his ministry. He is going out and about. He has already begun teaching. And he is doing his thing. All right, so already by now at this point, people have started to hear rumblings about, who is this Jesus guy? Like, Okay, I've heard a little bit about him. I'm kind of interested. And then people start to realize, like, the things that he's beginning to say about himself and the things that people are hearing. And like, man, he's like a great teacher. And, and he's starting to get kind of this following. And, and people are starting to listen to who he is and, and, and figure out, man, who is this guy? All right, and, and as that kind of talk and chatter is starting up, he begins to look for guys that he can say, hey, I'm about to do this thing and I need you to come with me. I want you to be a part of this with me. At this moment, Jesus is being a bringer. He's saying, hey, I want you to come along with me. He runs into two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Like he, he runs into these guys. They're just out doing their thing. They're fishing. And he says, hey, come with me. And this is crazy for these guys because at this point, like, they're, they're just fishermen. Um, and now all of a sudden, this, this rabbi, this teacher guy who's, who started to gain some notoriety and popularity, like, typically back in the day, the main objective for a young person was to try to be the best of the best in order that you could one day grow up to be a rabbi or a teacher. Like, and there were all these qualifications and all these things, and it was only like the top, very tip-top percent of people that actually made it to this point. And if you didn't, you would typically just go into the same business that like your dad would do. So like these guys' dads were fishermen, so obviously they became fishermen. Like that time for you is long gone. 
to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of this. Hey, guys, screwing around in the back, stop it. Look at me. Stop. Quit it. What are you doing? Stop. Um, pay attention. You're distracting people. Um, all right. So anyways, sorry. So the best thing is like the fact that you would typically go into whatever trade, like whatever job that your dad had. Imagine that. Like, so you're, think of what job your parents have. Is that what you want to do? For most of us here, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. All right? Like, for me, if I did that, I would be a railroad inspector, which doesn't sound that bad. Um, so my dad inspects the railroad. He's like a, poli he's like a, a railroad policeman for the government. Ooh. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I'm good with trains, good with toy trains, play with those with Leland, nothing else. All right, anyways. Um, and so these guys, like, pretty much they're like, okay, we're going to be fishermen, like, and that's the way it's going to go. But then all of a sudden Jesus shows up, and him asking them to say, hey, come follow me, isn't just like, hey, do you want to hang out for a weekend? It's like, hey, I'm asking you to leave everything that you know behind, this security that you even have in your job, all of these things that you've learned. Like, nobody asks you to come and follow them. Like, in back in the day, if you were going to be a rabbi or a teacher, an older rabbi or teacher had to ask you, and they would say, they would say these words, they would say, come and follow me. And it was like, basically, hey, be my disciple, come learn underneath me, like, do what I do, say what I say, all of that. And at this point, that time is long gone for, for, for Peter and for Andrew. And so they're not looking for anybody to even come and say, like, hey, would you want to come and be my disciple? Come and follow me. But Jesus shows up on the scene, and he's like, hey, you, you two, follow me. And this is like a jaw-dropping moment for them. It's just like, what? Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, we flunked out of rabbi school. Like, I'm, we were bad at that. Nobody wanted, like, we weren't good at being teachers. Like, we couldn't do that. We weren't up to snuff. Like, he dropped out when he was six, and I only made it to, like, seven and a half. All right? Like, it wasn't good. And Jesus is like, no. I see you, and I want you to come follow me. And at this point, Jesus already, he's known. This is like a, this would be for us kind of in the same way. This would be like, I'm trying to think of, I don't even have a person in mind, but some, like a celebrity. Think of somebody who, you, who is famous, and you're just like, wow. Like, even if I could just kind of hang around with them, that would be super nuts and awesome. Like, and you follow them on Instagram, and, and you see their pictures, and you like it, or whatever. But, like, think about one day, like, all of a sudden, you get, like, a notification, and there's a DM, like, from one of those people. And it's like, hey, I thought maybe you and, like, two or three of your best friends, I'm, like, just going to go to the mall. Do you, like, want to come and hang out with me and, like, be my best friend? It's like, what? What? what you, oh, you faint. What do you mean? Like, that's what this is like. Because you're not expecting it. You're just like, me? Like, why, why would you pick me to come and follow you? Like, there's not, I don't have anything for you. Like, I, I wasn't good at this. That's why they, the other, everybody else rejected me, and they didn't want me to be part of this. So why do you want me to come and now be part of this? And the cool thing is that later on in the story, we find out, like, Jesus chooses his 12 disciples, these guys who he says, hey, come and follow me, very specifically for good purpose. Because these are the people that nobody else really wanted. These guys that end up on Jesus's, like, team of 12, his squad, essentially, like, these are the guys that nobody else wanted to be on their team. 
And he's like, hey, with you guys, we're going to start some stuff. And this is going to be nuts. And he's, he pulls them in and onto his team. And then he says, come and follow me. And at this point, like, Jesus is modeling this, this whole idea of like, hey, come with me and do life with me. I want to spend time with you, and I have things to teach you. And here's why this is important for us. Because I think for every single one of us here in this room, we have an opportunity to do that for people around us that do not know Jesus. We can say, hey, I have this thing happening like in three weeks on Friday night, and it's a lot of fun, and I'd love for you just to come with me. It's called Wallapalooza. It's nuts, and we stay up late, and we eat lots of pizza, and it's a lot of fun, and all my friends are going to be there, and you can invite your friends, and it's going to be awesome, and I want you to come. Like, that is the easiest way to model here even what Jesus is kind of doing, <laughs> to say, hey, would you come with me? Because here, think about this, too. Think about the kid at your school or maybe somebody in one of your classes that you know, like, you kind of know, all right? But they, like, whenever people are throwing birthday parties or whenever people are doing other kinds of stuff, like, that kid's name is not on the list. And maybe that's you. And you know how that feels. Maybe you know what it's, what it's like to be left out. Maybe you know what it's like to feel forgotten. But I promise you there are other people around you that have that same feeling even now. And how awesome would it be for you to be the one to say, hey, I know that you weren't expecting this from me, but do you want to come with me to Wallapalooza? And not just like, do you want to come with, like, sign up for my group and let's hang out all night with my friends, with our group, and let, like, just come and be a part of this with us. Because if there's anything that the church should be the best at, it's inviting people in to a group of people and immediately feeling loved and cared for and known and encouraged and all of those things like that we would be people who bring in people to where we are at, whether it's to this building or to our friend group, that they would walk in and immediately say, hey, I belong here. I hope that for some of you, like, that that was your experience walking into this room. We talk about that all the time, that whenever you walk into this room, that your first and initial response is, I belong here. Because it's true for every single one of you that are in this room. Even if you look in here and you're like, man, there's like 130 people in here, 120 people in here. I don't really know many people. I hope, 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 hope that somebody at least has already come and said hello to you and said, hey, I'm glad that you're here. And the only way that happens is that if you already go here, like, which is almost most of us, like, that you are looking for those people. That on Sunday morning, whenever you walk in here and you say, hey, I don't know you, welcome. Like, I'm glad that you're here because this is one of the best places that you could possibly be all week. And I hope that this just totally changes your week. It changes your life. And so even something like inviting somebody to come to Wallapalooza to say, hey, why don't you come? I want you to come and meet my friends. I want you to come and meet my small group leader. I want you to come and meet Adam. I want you to come and, like, and just have a great time with us. And so you guys have an opportunity to, to be a bringer even to event-type stuff that we do here. Like, that's on you guys. In order that Wallapalooza, in order that other things go well and, and happen, and, and we have people here, like, you are the ones that have to invite. Like, I... The only way that people hear about Wallapalooza outside of this building 
is by you guys going out and telling people and saying, hey, why don't you come with me? And you never know that the person that you ask, maybe nobody's ever asked them to come to anything like that. Maybe nobody even really asked them to come with them in general. And you say, hey, I want you to come with me. And this moment for them is huge. Where it's just like, yes. Like you see it in their face. It's the, yes. Like I want to be, I'm in. I'm totally there. Nobody ever asked me to come to anything. I want to be there. And you guys have the opportunity to do that and to be that for someone because you know, hopefully, that Wallapalooza isn't about just having fun and, and staying up late all night and being exhausted on Saturday. One, it's about us being able to be together. And we have so much fun, but we get to look at other people who are outside of this church and say, hey, we have so much fun here, and I love my friends. I don't want anybody else to feel like they don't have what I have that they don't have that group of friends or they don't have that love from small group leaders or from other people who aren't just their parents. Like, they don't, feel, they don't feel like they have a place to go like that, but they would show up here and say, man, I belong here. Like, this is where it's at. Because what we do here is so much more important than just like, this isn't just like a little club that we do, like, to feel good about ourselves on Sunday mornings. We get to worship the God of the universe. We get to learn about who he is. And hopefully as we learn more about who he is and we dig into his word, he changes your life. That you would follow him in the long run. That you would chase after him. That whenever he says to you, come and follow me, you would say, yeah. Yeah, God, I'm, I'm in. I'm totally in. Yes, I'm in. And that because you do that, it changes the way that you treat others. It changes the way that you make decisions. It changes the way that you view people around you. It changes the way that you, like, what your future even looks like. That it would maybe even just wreck the plans that you have for your life because God has things that are so much better than what you could have originally planned for yourself. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but it is better. And so I want to encourage you guys, especially as we look ahead towards Wallapalooza, I would hope that you guys would be bringers. Even on Sunday mornings, be people who make the ask, who say, hey, do you want to come with me? Because the worst thing they can say, hey, I'm, I'm busy. But thank you for asking. Like, or no, I don't really want to go. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll ask you to come to something else later. It's not super hard. Be bringers. Jesus models what that looks like. He says, come follow me. And we say, hey, you, come with me. And we get to be part of that. Let me pray for us. And then we're going to sing one more song and get out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this morning. Thank you for modeling what it looks like to be someone who is a bringer. Someone who invites others into their life and what they're doing in order that they could feel cared for and loved and find a place that they belong. God, would you just continue to, to use every single one of these students here in this room to identify others around them who need you so desperately and that we wouldn't just invite our friends to events or things that are happening here, but that we would invite them into a relationship with you. 
and so that, God, that our whole world would be changed and that everyone would know you and know that they're loved by you and know that their ultimate joy is in worshiping and serving you. So God, we thank you for all that you do and for your word. So let me pray. Amen.